DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Mark Lakovic, who is a professor of moral and systematic theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, Michigan. He's the author of numerous articles, essays, and other writings on moral theology. Dr. Lakovic is also a nationally known speaker, panelist, reviewer, and consultant. With Dr. Mark Lakovic, we go inside the pages of What's a Person to Do? Everyday Decisions That Matter, published by Our Sunday Visitor. Dr. Lakovic, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. It's good to be here. I love what's a person to do, everyday decisions that matter. I, it, I think this is one of those books that everybody has to have in their spiritual arsenal because you really bring us to the everyday type of decisions that we have to make, and that's where discernment is really key, isn't it? You're right. I think there's been a real need for a book of this nature for quite a long time now, if you look out at the books that are that are published, a lot of them deal, at least the moral theology and the and the books and ethics, deal with questions that are, for example, dealing with abortion, euthanasia, beginning of life, end of life issues. And as I was looking around, I didn't really see many books that were treating just the everyday situations that we find ourselves confronted with, situations that we might not think are ethical in nature, but they do have a have an ethical or a moral dimension. Yes, it's it's a book I think that really anybody can pick up. You don't have you don't have to be a PhD in, in ethics or moral theology or anything like that. And it's meant to really just deal with the everyday kinds of dilemmas that uh, we face. Well, Mark, there should be, shouldn't there, basic underlying principles that help us in these decision makings? I mean, you've given us 40 wonderful examples, and we'll, we'll touch on just a few of them to kind of give people, a fo- folks, an idea of what they can find here. But there should sure. be some basic principles, yes? Yes, definitely. And that's why I do try to provide what, what I call a, um, a toolkit, a user-friendly toolkit for people that maybe don't have a background in moral theology or ethics, and yet um, they are persons who are trying to form their conscience every day. They're trying to do what is right. They're trying to do what is good and holy. And so the beginning part of the book just has a very brief overview of the nature of ethics, of moral theology, some of those basic principles, the basic norms, the basic virtues, the cardinal virtues, the moral virtues that we need to help us not only to know what we are to do, but that will empower us to actually carry out what is good, what is true, what is holy. It can be challenging for Catholics, Christians in general, I would say, when we try to, is it a fine line that we try to dance on when we're we're not wanting to judge individuals, yet right. we are called to make judgment calls. That's and- right. Well, you know, as I tell my students, uh, the seminarians and other laypersons that are studying at Sacred Heart Major Seminary, where I, I teach in Detroit, Michigan, 
I try to always make that distinction and, and try to make them aware of it, try to make them recognize it, the distinction between what is objectively right or wrong, and then the subjective culpability, the, sub- the subjectivity, you might say, of the, the action, the person, so that we can make decisions, we can make judgments about what the person is doing, but then we have to say, well, for example, the conditions for a mortal sin in our Catholic tradition are grave matter, a definite choice, awareness at the time of choosing. So there's a number of different conditions that have to be met before we would impute mortal sin to to that action. So we don't know what's going on in a person's mind, what's going on in a person's heart, but we can look at what they're doing and say, you know, what you're doing is actually harming other persons or it's harming yourself. And that's what I say in the beginning of the book. Moral, morals, ethics is all about our relationship to the goods of human persons, how we, how we treat other persons really comes down to whether or not we're respecting the goods that are meant to flourish in them, things like truth and knowledge and beauty and life, health, all of these wonderful goods that God has given us. And so morality really comes down to that. How are we respecting these goods in ourselves and other persons? For many of the questions that you bring forward, you don't always say, here's an absolute yes and here's an absolute no. That's right. That's right. Well, I try to say that in the beginning, that this is not an infallible effort on my part. I might be wrong on some questions. These are questions that the Church hasn't given us any definitive teaching on. And and in most respects, I, I think you have to say, really haven't given us any specific teaching at all. A question like, you know, how old do I have to be to, to have a Facebook account, or what are some of the moral issues with respect to being on Facebook? Those kinds of questions. People might not even think of them as being moral in character, and the Church doesn't give us any specific teaching on Facebook, but there are many, many principles, many, many um, guidelines that the Church offers us for helping us to deal with a question of that sort, you know, how we use social media, how we engage people, with res- we should do so with respect, and, and, and so on, on social media. So a lot of those questions are really my own, my own judgment, my own take, my own response. Just after having dealt with them for close to 30 years now, with family and friends, speaking to parish groups, lecturing across the country, my own teaching, a lot of these questions were coming up in one form or another. I, I, I try to make the questions pretty simple, pretty straightforward, but you can think of many different scenarios with respect to these questions. You, know, you can constantly tweak them a little bit, revise them so that they're, you know, what about this? What if we say this here? How does that change the question? But the book would be much, much longer than it actually is if I was to get into all the little nuances so I try to keep it straightforward. I mean, questions, and we don't have to give the answers because we want people to check it out, but I mean, that range right. from do I give a money to the homeless person or the beggar that I see that it come in the middle of the street, am I morally obligated to do that, or should I do that? The, another one of the questions, what about tattoos? I mean, every yeah. 
parents, but also, I mean, even adults at, at every age seem to be approaching that one. So you, you kind of enter into those types of areas as far as everyday decisions. How, what's my stance on that? But then also some really heart-rendering ones, like is it morally justifiable to attend a wedding ceremony of a man and woman who have been cohabitating? Wow. How many of us have gotten those invitations? And we're not sure what to do. That's right. That's right. I think that question, as well as a question that I didn't deal in the book, didn't deal with in the book, but possibly in another edition, I will. And that is same-sex weddings. Can we attend those? Mm-hmm. My, my short answer would be no, that we can't because that, that, that's not a marriage. But that question now, I think, is going to be just out there. It's already out there. I think people are already confronting it. Um, I didn't include it in the book, but uh, as I said, I think for, for a future, future revised version, that, that might have to be in there. But yes, uh, we've all been confronted with those kinds of questions. I mean, this is just coming out of my own experience. It's coming out of the experience that I've observed um, other people's experience just observing them ask the question or them struggle with it and really see how, how they struggle to form their conscience about it. You know, what should I do? I, I want to remain in solidarity with this couple, but at the same time, I don't want to approve of what they're doing. I, I, I love them. I want to support them in any way I can, but at the same time, I don't want to in any way be seen as, as justifying accepting and so on what what they're doing but I, I hope that I, I hope that I talk talk it through enough where you know I sort of I try to explore a number of you know different uh, aspects to that question it's not just a, a yes or no answer with, with with a lot of these questions you know you have to kind of peel away the, the layers a little bit and, and, and explore different aspects of the question. I think that has become a trademark in particular of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, who is asking us to look at things from the many different facets before making a decision. And it's not an, and I am not implying that Pope Benedict or even Pope, or soon to be St. John Paul, would not have us do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. But that seems to, this particular area, I think that's why your book, What's a Person to Do? Everyday Decisions That Matter, is so important, Dr. Lekovic. Well, thank you. I, you know, that's really, you know, one of the main reasons why, why I wrote it. I really did see it as a way of, I guess you might say, offering a small contribution to, and I think this is what you're talking about, to the new evangelization. You know, just to give it a give it a name here. I mean, this is what we're talking about, um, because these are some of the questions. They don't rise to the level of abortion, euthanasia, as I said, but they are questions that people struggle with, and they're the kinds of questions that people sometimes leave the church over, or that can alienate them in some way. And so, I see this all these kinds of questions as part of this effort to evangelize through morality. I think to to teach morality, to write a book about morality, such as this one, I think you, you first really have to lay the foundation. And, and again, that's why I talk in the beginning of the book about 
ethics and happiness and our conscience having to be conformed to Christ and, and how we do that. Um, otherwise, it's very, very difficult to evangelize people when we haven't established that, that relationship with them, as I think Pope Francis is doing. He's trying to say, look, let's establish a level of trust here. Let's establish a relationship, and then we can talk. We're not going to compromise things, but we need to meet people where they are. And I hope that this book is an effort to meet people where they are, but then to slowly bring them along, to, to persuade them, win them over for, for Jesus, raising them up to the gospel, our, our, our moral standards of, of moral and religious truth, not bringing that moral standard down and watering it down, compromising it, for whatever reason, to be accepted, to you know, um, feel good about ourselves, whatever, whatever the reason might be. So I do see this book as as, as part of that effort, um, along with many other good Catholics who are who are working in this field to try to persuade people, to try to show them some of the the wisdom of the Church and how the Church would approach some of these issues. It's, it's, but it's my own personal effort to try to, to try to get a grasp on these things too, you know, because um, as I said, some of these questions have not yet been dealt with formally and probably never will be, you know, such as Facebook and, and, and so on, tattoos. <laughs> well, and one of the continuing principles, can we say, that it, it is foundational in a lot of the responses is you first ask, how well do you know the person? And that's going to yeah. make a difference in how you respond. Right. So that there you go. That goes to the heart of that question of relationship. But also you bring in the golden rule. And that's one that yeah. we can't, we have got to keep that in our forefront because it's a golden rule because Jesus gave it to us. Right. Well, it's interesting that you, you picked that up because I was actually talking to one of my classes just recently, maybe the last week or two, and I was just mentioning how important that principle is, that moral principle of the golden rule, and saying that it really is foundational to the book. As I was looking back over it, you know, because sometimes when you're, when you're writing a book or an article or even giving an interview, um, whether you're on, you know, which, whichever end of the interview you're on, the interviewer or interview, interviewee, um, you're not able always to kind of step back and look at the whole and I noticed, though, in going back through the book, how much those two principles are in play, the ones you just, you just mentioned, about do you know the person or how well do you know the person, and then the golden rule. Um, it really is, I think, a, a master principle, a key principle in our moral life. It's not the only one, of, of course. I think uh, it is one, though, that helps us to figure out how we are to love God above all else and our neighbor as ourself. The golden rule is one of many moral principles, a key one, but one of many that help us to specify that master, the master principle of morality that we find in the Bible of loving God and loving neighbor. The golden rule really helps us to do that. Because so many, so many of these everyday moral decisions, we, in, those, in those situations, we find that the golden rule really is in play. It really is, many, many times. And 
also in areas that deal with how we are stewards, can I say, the financial blessings that we've been given. So is it is it okay? Is there anything wrong with buying a lottery ticket? Is there anything wrong with giving to, say, the Komen Foundation? Is there any? <laughs> how do I spend my money? Those are, because we're called to that stewardship, what is our moral obligation? You know, it's, it's interesting, again, that you, you pick out that topic. I was at my men's group last night, and every mm-hmm. Sunday we have more of an informal get-together at a restaurant where we just sit around and pray for each other and, and talk about how the, the last few weeks have been going since our last meeting. Just very informal. And that was the subject that got brought up a lot, how we think about money, not only how we spend our money, what we buy our money, how, you know, what, what we're buying with our money, but how we think about money. What's our relationship to money? Is it everything in our life? Or is it, does it play a, a, you know, a more minor role? Maybe if we're independently wealthy or something, you know, we don't think often about money. Usually, though, people think about money. And I find that um, all of us, my, myself included, but we Catholics, we have, I think, just confused and, and muddled thinking when it, when it comes to money, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our attitudes towards money, I think, come from the culture. They come from the political parties. They come from political ideology. And they don't really come from the heart of the gospel. They don't come from the Church's social teaching. And I don't mean to imply that everything in the Church's social teaching is of equal weight. You know, when the Church talks about economics or politics, there are various levels of, of you know, of assent in, in, in that teaching. Um, that teaching is not, for example, the teaching on minimum wage, for example, just wage, is a little different than the teaching on abortion and so on. But I think... Uh, our, our attitudes towards money are, are really not always gospel and church social teaching based as much as they are really taking in ideas that are in some ways alien to the gospel, foreign to, to the church's teaching. And so it's an area that I think we really need to look at and not be so uh, individualistic about it. This is my money. I earned it. I can do with it what I want. If I want to spend my money on you know, lottery tickets, or if I want to spend it going gambling and, and blowing my paycheck, it's it's my money. I earned it. I can do with it what I want. Rather than have that attitude, as you said, that whole principle of stewardship, I'm to be a steward over my money, I'm to be a steward over my body, and so on, my family, um, conserving it, caring for it, thinking about the next generation, uh, whether it's how I invest my money, or again, how I spend my money, what am I buying with my money? All of those questions I think Catholics really have to look seriously at, not in a, a, um, you know, in a way that's legalistic or that is, you know, bitter or anything like that, but in a way that, that they can start to ask themselves, how can I serve God through the gifts that I've been given by Him? How can I serve my neighbor with my earnings, with, with my money, with my investments, and so on. We're talking with Dr. Mark Lakovic about his book, What's a Person to Do? Everyday Decisions That Matter. And I think the area family, <laughs> that can be a struggle. And some of the decisions that we have to make, we thought we would never have to make. 
like like for example and this one's a heartbreaker this one's a tough one the taking away the keys to the elderly parents car maybe if their driving's deteriorating the type of things that we need or think we need to do should we be doing them it's a tough one mark it is it really is i have not had to deal with that experience in my own life, but I know of people that have, and just listening to them and their struggles, um, I didn't really get anything. Um, it, it wasn't as if those families that have dealt with this question wrote my response to that particular question, but I, I did listen and got a feel for for the anguish that people have. And at the same time, these are all people that really have such a a deep respect and a, and a high regard for this elderly family member, and so they didn't want to do anything that would in any way treat them as, as, as less than the person that they are. Mm-hmm. And so that loss of independence, I, I really try to, with this question and, and, and most of the other ones too, try to work in the virtues that are necessary for the person who is struggling with whatever issue, in this case, taking away the keys from the elderly parent or grandparent, but also the person who's on the other end who is having the keys taken away from them and and the kinds of virtues that, that they need to have to be able to deal with that with that situation, to be able to let go, to, to have that detachment or, or whatever whatever situation they're in, whatever is being called for, that they're able to do that um, freely and willingly and do it in a way that, that um, you know, uh, that God wants them, you know, this is the way God wants them to do it, you know, to try to do what, what he would do. And so what are the virtues that are necessary for these decisions? That That's the other, I think, um, real integral feature of the book is trying to, to point out those virtues that we have to start working on today not tomorrow, not next week, but today, mm-hmm. because we never know when we're going to be confronted with that situation. Um, I had the, the last question in the book about, you know, can we wish for, for death? Can we pray for death? We never know when we're going to be confronted with those kinds of choices, those kinds of situations where we take ill or we find ourselves, you know, facing death. And so we need to start forming those virtues today. Unfortunately, we, I don't think, and I mentioned this to, to my fellow men's group members last night, I don't think we hear enough about the virtues in our parishes, from our priests, our deacons. I don't mean to make a blanket statement, but I think in, in large measure, I think if you ask the average Catholic, who's, who's attending Mass? Even the Catholics that are you know, still coming to Mass, you know, the, the numbers have been dwindling. But if you ask them, what are the what are the virtues? What are the moral virtues? I'm not sure they'd be able to tell you. If you mentioned them, you said, well, how about justice? How about prudence? Okay, yeah, okay, those are virtues. But I think that's a real sad situation. And I think we have to inform people that it's one thing to know what we are to do, but then a whole other thing to be able to actually do it, for the will to kick into gear and to actually make the decision to, to, to perform the act Without the virtues, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. But 
the only way I think we can form true virtue is by looking to Christ. We have to look to Him. We have to imitate His virtues of, of humility, of meekness, not in the, the wimpy sense. Jesus' meekness, His humility was, a, was an active, strong, powerful kind of meekness and humility, the kind of meekness that was willing to go to death um, on account you know, of, of us, for us, mm-hmm. to save us, to redeem us. So for us as Catholics, we have such such gifts. We have the Church for teaching. We have Jesus to give us that roadmap. He gives us the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, I mean, that is the supreme, those are the supreme Christian virtues that we have to imitate in our lives. Well, I just think this is a phenomenal book, What's a Person to Do, Everyday well, Decisions you. That Matter. My opinion compared to... Dr. Marianne Glendon and Robert George and Dr. William May, who all love it as well. I mean, all I can be is a part of the chorus, I'm sure, that will be hoping in their hearts that you'll continue with a series of just continually bringing forth these questions because they're only multiplying and at a rapid rate. And we yeah. need to have resources like that. I mean, your your writing is so engaging, and you remind me of the best type of teachings that even Jesus exemplified. That that strong, oh, thank you. but gentle, but strong and faithful. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, yeah I okay. tried to just mix a little humor in there too. I, I don't think mm-hmm. you can. I don't think you can evangelize today. Again, I was I was telling telling the guys last night. I, I don't think you can evangelize today without a sense of humor. I think our culture is so, in many respects, sometimes you encounter such, such meanness. Sometimes mm-hmm. you encounter such bitterness, and, and, and there's a lot of wounded people out there. And so I think humor can win over people, you know, just gently sort of joking and, 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 and um, uh, engaging people with stories, with, with, with jokes, with humor. I think that can be a way into people's hearts, because it's not always the intellectual arguments that do it, you know. You, you first have to establish that relationship, and then people are a little more willing, a little more, more open to what you have to say. We have, we have to do both. We have to be fighting a good fight on the intellectual level, but then we also have to be um, in search of arguments that will help penetrate people's hearts and, and really open them for the Holy Spirit to, to, to do the rest, because we obviously don't, we're not the ones that are doing the... the uh, the converting, you know, we don't handle conversions. We're, we're just the instruments. And so hopefully this book will play a very, just a small role in, you know, helping people, uh, especially Catholics, um, to, you know, to make these kinds of decisions and, and really to start to think about the moral life in, a, in a, maybe in a much wider way than the usual legalistic frameworks that we tend to, to approach it in, approach it from. I just, again, I highly recommend what's a person to do every day everyday decisions that matter. And Dr. Mark Lakovic, I pray that we have the opportunity to talk again very soon. Keep writing, please. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. I really appreciate you having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Well, Dr. Mark Lakovic, we've gone inside the pages of What's a Person to Do? Everyday Decisions That Matter. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to osv.com the website for its publisher, Our Sunday Visitor, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. 
Join me next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.